is happening, draft crafters? I hope you've cracked open one sometime in the recent past, because at least here in Michigan, it has been beer drinking weather. And just like we talked about last time, it has been hazy IPA drinking weather, JP. It has been, you know, wheat beer drinking weather. New England it has style been, IPA. Exactly. Something cold weather. And I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do any of the heavy stuff when it's this warm out. It just does not work for me. So I'm not doing dragon's milk. I'm not doing heavy stuff. Maybe around the campfire once it's actually cold enough, unlike some of the campfires we've had recently. But dude, it is, it's just summer is here and my skin hates it because <laughs> I burn. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. I spent a week in the woods, like we mentioned in the last episode, and I still got a little bit of pink on me. But you're at least hanging out in the trees. That's always a good idea. Yeah, I got a little bit of shade there, but yeah. it's always a good choice. We might throw a little bit of shade today. We'll see what happens. Because I'm going to throw some shade as soon as you <laughs> unleash me here. I can't hold this okay. in. Okay. Well, all right. Real quick, uh, we did last episode. Looked at all of the AFC teams, talking about mini camps and OTAs and all the stuff in the off season window of basically May and June so far. Uh, the teams have gone through. So let's launch into the NFC and the NFC North and the Detroit Lions. Go ahead. You're unleashed. Dan, I, we got episodes coming up where we plan on doing something around uniforms and whatnot, but I got to talk about this <laughs> alternate logo. Yeah, it was like I my gotta sixth do point, it. so let's go I got to do it. it do, okay, so mm-hmm. I'm, I don't even mind that they changed the blue a little bit on this. I don't mind right. that at all. I love the matte blue of it, okay? Mm-hmm. I even love that they're trying to pay a little tribute to the, for the nostalgia and being in the 90th season, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and tribute this, the 60s. So that 60s logo, I even love the two mm-hmm. little stripes behind it. But right. for the love of everything great <laughs> in this world, why, why, like, here's what I would have done. Use the blue helmet. Mm-hmm. Leave the two stripes to pay tribute to the 60s logo there. Right. And everybody's seen the memes, but get the Greyhound bus dog off the helmet. <laughs> it's it's like here's why, the thing when, when I saw why, that just logo use again. the modern logo. Then let me right. finish well, my rant, off, and then you can get no, in. Let ahead. me be irrational. For, just yeah, use the modern logo. <laughs> Take the mm-hmm. current modern Detroit Lion. Obviously, right. don't make it as big as it is on the helmet because you want to see the mm. two stripes behind it. Just put mm. the new lion in place of that dog. And put the two stripes behind the new lion on the matte blue helmet. You would have had mm-hmm. yourselves a stellar logo. Still paid tribute to the '60s. What sure. a miss! What yeah. a freaking miss! Well, and again, like if you wanted to use and then, the, hold the on, whole... I, I'm still going oh, down. Sorry, sorry, dude. <laughs> still going down. And then for the fans out there, when you read the threads on this thing, and mm-hmm. everybody goes, "These look stupid with the gray uniforms." <laughs> like, why do they? Why are they going to wear it with the gray uniforms? If they did the all blue, it'd look oh, great. Geez. They have to wear it for this year with the gray. For anybody listening, mm-hmm. they have to due to the NFL's stupid rules. You can only wear the alternate helmets with like the the color rush or your whatever mm-hmm. your you alternate, alternate uniform. Theater, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but the Lions are getting new uniforms next year. So this Gee, new yeah, alternate what helmet. Right, so I guarantee you, there's blues. gonna there's gonna be an all blue uniform next year. It's gonna come, but just quit throwing shade for things that the Lions can't control. Throw shade right. at the dog on the helmet. If it's not the dog, <laughs> you know what it looks like? It looks mm-hmm. like Scar, the skinny, evil, bad lion from Lion mm-hmm. King. Well, what it looks like to me. So is, you got Mufasa it, like... on one helmet, and you got Scar on the other. <laughs> 
There you I'm go. I'm done. Go yeah, ahead. And that, well, then that right there should give you some perspective on why you choose one over the other. But that's the thing. That lion is too elongated for how they put it on the helmet, definitely. But also, like that looks like, and I say a lion, it looks like when someone from the Middle Ages who's never seen a lion is asked to draw a lion. Or like a cave drawing or something. Exactly. It just looks so comically bad for, like, there's no lion that looks like that. It's just not. No animal outside, like we joked about it, the greyhound dog, right, pretty much. And so definitely a miss there. But even then, I would have been okay with the old logo, sized a bit differently, but on, like, a white helmet would have been cool. And they could have done all whites or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it feels like I don't like the old logo at all. The only good lion the lions have for a logo is the current one. The one prior to this one was good, but it had that awful black outline around it. So the only good logo the Lions have is the current one. But their (laughs) second best logo, admittedly, is the one that they used. I'll give them that. That is the second best one in their history. But all I'm saying is just change the Lion, because I love the stripes behind it. I love the matte (laughs) blue. Just change Mm -hmm. the Lion. Because, like, I don't mind the the helmet. Let me say that. Like, I don't mind the helmet. I still think Mm -hmm. it's cool what they're doing. But it's just a massive missed opportunity. And these are the moments where you and I sit back and look at this and say, did somebody not suggest this? Like, were there meetings where this didn't happen? Or should we have called up, uh, you know, our our boy Brad and been like, hey, Holmes, do this instead. I'm blaming Rod Wood. It has to be Rod Wood. (laughs) Well, at any rate. Well, think about uh, it. When they released that little video where they're bringing people in, admittedly, Brad Holmes wasn't one of them, but... Even Dan Campbell didn't know where they showed the video and they like unveiled mm-hmm. the helmet and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool and this and that. Oh, right. I'm done. Let's move on. So what you're telling me is we just spent three minutes uh, yeah. being annoyed about the Lions. And now bit. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I'm so excited well, for this new helmet. And fair. It's good, well, but it's such a miss. <laughs> such a miss. Well, the team isn't a miss. And so that's kind of something that uh, Detroit fans can look forward to. Uh, and the, the real question marks that I found looking through things, or at least uh, noteworthy things, is uh, what's the room looking like in the wide receivers besides Amon Ra? Besides the Sun God, it's looking a little bit interesting because Josh Reynolds could be good. Khalif Raymond could be all right. Antoine Green is getting a little bit of a look here and there. And Marvin Jones is you know, older. Uh, but again, this the wide receiver that we thought was going to be a position of strength potentially for this team uh, is not at the moment. And so that's a question mark, depending on how they're going to use those guys. Now, if you put uh, Jameer Gibbs and split him out a bunch and Laporta is going to help you out, maybe you can recover some of that. But it's definitely a question mark right now, which is why people have been throwing around the, the Hopkins talk for Detroit as well. But I don't know, again, same thing, if the numbers would ever work out for them you know, in that respect. But uh, I was hearing on the defensive side of things, uh, on the trenches, Aleem McNeil has been getting a lot of love as a second-year guy who's going to be able to step up and uh, and make a contribution. And this is a team that we talked about edge rusher being a potential need for them. But the more we look into it, the edge rushers are actually in decent shape right now. I mean, there's Aiden and then everybody else, but the everybody else isn't that bad. Dan, I'm not done with my rant yet. I got one more oh, thing. Oh, dear. <laughs> I just looked it up. The Lions are wearing these helmets on October 30th, mm-hmm. so it all makes sense now. It's a Halloween, a Halloween costume. Thing. There you go. Yep. Nope. That mm-hmm. helmet with the gray uniforms and the weird lion and the way that it doesn't yep. match, even though the NFL is making them do it, it's a Halloween costume. This oh, all makes goodness. sense. You know what I want them to do? I want them <laughs> to get a greyhound and dress it like a lion. Mm. They are wearing day. them. The, they are wearing them week 18 against the Vikings as well, so they are going to wear them okay. twice. But the first time yeah. for Halloween. There you go. 
That kind of covers it. And you know, okay. let's be honest. If you're I'm gonna done. do a Halloween I'm costume, done. you want to wear it more than once if you can help it, right? So, uh, and then the I'm other gonna, thing I'm gonna, that I'm, I'm gonna just do my quick take because you already pretty okay, much covered everything. My, my take on the Lions for actual OTA news is, and I've already said this: everything that Laporta does is like gold. Yeah, like mm-hmm. doesn't matter how good or bad or average it is, the people are eating it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamo is not the greatest. He's either. Like, Jamo can either run a good route or run an awful route. Jamo can either catch an incredible pass or drop an extremely easy pass. He's like just a big play guy, and right now he's messing mm-hmm. up all the routine stuff. It's driving me crazy. So he's basically Braylon Edwards? <sighs> Me, don't say that out loud. <laughs> uh, so who knows? Can he run routes? Can mm-hmm. he catch? I don't know. He can He can definitely make some highlight real plays, but I just don't know that he can be consistent. We'll see. I hope sure. he puts it all together. I still have all the hope in the world. Feel for the guy, especially since how the NFL changed their their gambling policies, and now right. under the new policy, technically he didn't violate anything, which is a bunch of rubbish too. Yeah. But just to yeah, kind of so. echo what you said, and we can move on. Gibbs definitely playing a lot in the slot, and he's catching the heck out of the ball. He looks good, mm-hmm. and everything I said is just branching and. Uh, Campbell, those two guys are just, they act the way their behavior and their demeanor. They just seem like mm-hmm. veterans already is what I'm seeing. Like, I, not as much as, like, their play. I, right. I didn't see a ton about their play, but the way they carry themselves, the way they go about practice and film and this mm-hmm. and that, they seem like veterans already. Right, definitely seeing Campbell. Here. Yeah, Campbell's certainly still catching on to some of the nuances of the position, as you'd expect going uh, up from uh, somewhat, as much as he was athlete and graded. In Iowa, it's a more simple offense or defense rather than what Detroit's doing. The only other note I have for the Lions before we move on, right now, the starting lineup for the offensive line is actually healthy, and all five of them that did not play together it's, all of last season might play together this season. every year, and Big Hal's the first one to go down every time. And you know what? Still I hoping. don't even care if he does because I want to see <laughs> Graham Glasgow go up there. Yeah, sure. I don't know if you saw like that little in the inside the den or whatever, but Glasgow mm-hmm. called uh, Ragnow. He's like, dude, I really mm-hmm. want to play with you again, man. You think they'd bring nice. me back type thing? So, yeah, it's very awesome. much like yeah. he wanted to go there. Go blue, right. by the way. Exactly. Keeping it together. All right. All right so let's go. Who's to going the poops. next? The poops. All right. All right. I'll all take the, the lead. I'll take the lead with these ones. Seems the like you let off after my terrible, terrible rant. <laughs> all right. And I just, I don't mind the helmets. Just a missed opportunity. Sure. Uh, for Green Bay, man, the rookie news was was pretty quiet as well. I know I, mm-hmm. I watched a, a press conference where Matt Lafleur was talking about how Van Ness and uh, Kyle Van Lucas Van Ness and uh, Carl Brooks have mm-hmm. stood out and like made a lot of plays and this and that and looked very of course good. Carl Brooks like, did, right? But no beat writer has said you can't find anyone other than Matt LaFleur saying that about those two. <laughs> so is that him kind of defending go. his choices? Did it actually happen? I don't know. But mm-hmm. he, he said it. I mean, it is what it is. But everything I find about him is just talking about Jordan Love. And it's <laughs> of course. it's like a roller coaster. Like, sure. like he's he's making some great plays, throws three straight touchdowns and 11-11s mm-hmm. in the red zone. And then the next time, like, Apparently, like the coaches are telling, the number one thing I don't want you to do is force a ball deep over the middle, and then the next play forces a ball deep over the middle mm-hmm. and it gets picked off. So I that seems right. Yeah, there's Look, my I rant. Am about absolutely that. here for Green Bay not having a good quarterback for the first time in 30 years. Uh, yeah, very I think much the whole on board NFL with this. is. Yeah, right. Except and, uh, well, that was one of the, except for yeah, one well. state. Right. And, uh, and that's the thing. Like I, I was talking about that too. Like one of my notes was Jordan Love, obviously, but the question mark is. 
when you're you're looking at Jordan Love as your starter, Sean Clifford and Danny Etling battling to be your backup, that's not um, great. It's not great. It's kind of funny. The it's the more interesting uh, starter backup situation is obviously Aaron Love or Aaron Love, Aaron Jones <laughs> and AJ Dillon are the two running backs, and they really only had those two last year. The question is, is there going to be a third? Is it going to be Tyler Goodson, who's had some good reps as a undrafted guy that they brought back again that was on the practice squad last year? Or is it going to be our boy fire up Chips Lou Nichols, who I am on, totally on board with, and I just hope he doesn't make a Green Bay so that he can make a roster somewhere else. But you know, we'll see what happens uh, to him. So that's another note. And then for Green Bay, obviously uh, Luke Musgrave of the two tight ends they picked up, not that uh, not that uh, Kraft isn't going to be good, but guy. Musgrave. Yeah, Musgrave is picking it up a little faster uh, than him. And then the only other real note that I found was uh, that Carrington Valentine, who is kind of the the backup corner right now as a seventh-round draft pick, is getting a look at uh, getting some reps in there. And so he's somebody that, uh, that people are, are seeing. At least he's going to be as a seventh-rounder making the team as a backup at this point at least. So let's move on to uh, – why don't you go to Minnesota? Yeah, it's, this is going to be a super quick take, Dan. I mean, as you yeah. know – I was not a fan of their draft at all. Even True. you, being a Jordan Addison supporter, still was <laughs> were not. You were not a fan of this draft either. I mean, we no. said like their next best picks were either their seventh round pick or potentially an undrafted free agent that they got. Mm-hmm. A couple. Of so them. with that, be, with that being said, guess what? Jordan that- Addison's been sidelined with an injury. So mm-hmm. I what I'm getting at is I basically have <laughs> zero. Rookie news to talk about, but mm-hmm. guess who is somewhat of a rookie? Is Louis Seen. Right. Last year's first round pick who, you know, broke his leg. He is a mm-hmm. full go and uh looks pretty solid. So nice. Um that's that's good. I mean, he'll be yeah. like getting it's like a free rookie for this year, mm-hmm. considering he he missed a significant portion year. of last year. Just so about, yeah. Um yeah, I mean so sorry about the like I said, we're trying to keep this rookie focused, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, they basically didn't have any rookies contribute to sure. OTAs. Well, and that's where it's going to be interesting because you talk about the seventh round of Dwayne McBride. With Cook gone now, with Madison being the lead back, he's technically fourth on the depth chart, but you could easily see him jump up to the top backup, if not you know, challenging Madison for some I think he could here. definitely get to three, but it's going to take him a few games to get past Ty Chandler. I mean, he's, got a, he's going to have to – Adjust. I mean, you and I both like him mm-hmm. a lot. I think by the end of the year, he'll be the top backup. But um, it's going to take Tell some time. Tell you what, they have definitely invested in a whole lot of guys that are basically the same at running back. He's they've got, you got four guys that are all yeah. between 5'10 and 6'1 and about 210 pounds. And so mm-hmm. at least, you know, you're not having to worry about changing things up depending on who's in at that spot. So. Good luck over there in the north. They're not quite as north as Chicago Bears. Hey, you know what? They're talking positively about Justin Fields, but apparently it's not all positive. He's a little choppy still. Like, they're trying to get him to throw the ball more so he doesn't have to run for 1,000 yards. Uh, And obviously, I'm looking forward to a good season out of him considering I'm trying to keep him in our fantasy league. But the one thing that has been helping Justin Fields is DJ Moore has stepped in as their wide receiver one. And again, he's not a rookie, certainly, but he is the the trade piece that they got from Carolina, and he has stepped up as the guy so far for them when it comes to their uh, their wide receiver group. Darnell Wright is definitely going to be the starting right tackle. 
as people kind of expected coming out of camp. And so that's nice to see. But another thing that uh, has been interesting for the Bears is a guy who's uh, coming into his uh, third season, Tevin Jenkins, who has played some tackle. He's played some of the other tackle. He's pretty much been everywhere on the line. He's basically now accepted that he is a guard at this point in his life. Uh, and so he's kind of committed to that and looking like he's going to be that left guard spot. And so the Bears offensive line actually looks like it might be okay this year which has got to be music to the ears of Justin Fields because he's, yeah, he's in rough shape. Defensive side of the ball, though, you know who's getting some starter reps? Who that? Noah Sewell. Oh. Noah Sewell getting some starter reps, oh. partially because of some of the guys uh, you know, being held out for different reasons between Tremaine Edwards and TJ Edwards, but still. Here's the thing they said about Sewell. Nothing about his athleticism, but a lot about his instincts, which seems right because the the dude did not test well. Not surprising that's what the, the conversation is about, but good to see him getting some shots in there. And then Javon Dexter Sr. is another guy that they were talking about as a solid contributor at this point for that team, and that's cool to see uh, for him as well because he's a guy that a lot of people were up and down on. Some people had him as like the third or fourth best defensive tackle. Other people had him you know, out of the top five. And so he seems like he's going to be sticking in as a decent spot. And another guy that created some uh, some noise for the Bears is uh, Rashawn Johnson, like we expect him to be at running back. So they've got a fun running back room as well because between Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, and Johnson, they've got three guys who can contribute right now. So there's a lot of optimism in Chicago. They're not going to be as bad as last year, but they're probably also not going to be, you know, challenging for the NFC North crown either. Dan, come on. Look, Lions are the Lions are getting that crown. Come on now. Yes. All right. Let's let's take her south <laughs> a little bit. Um so here's I, I got a lot of news, ironically, about the Buccaneers, Ooh. but I'm gonna apologize. Oh, like do. none of it is like I'm talking like nothing about rookies. You know what? I found one <laughs> thing about rookies. You know what it was? The only thing I can find about a rookie, and is I like a fair amount of the rookies. No. It's about oh, okay. Kalijah Kansi throwing out the first pitch at a game, baseball game. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. I'm Rough not kidding stuff. you. And I surfed yeah, I the web you. hard, hard. Sure. Like, okay, I'll just go in order. Number one, everything's dominated by the the quarterback play right. and how ugly it or looks in thereof. practice. Yeah, because yeah, mm. Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield are struggling. Yeah, like, it's a race to the it bottom. Doesn't, right it there. doesn't look good. So, like, yeah. that's dominating the headlines. Yeah, everybody seems to be a supporter of Baker. And we kind of are, too. Like, I feel like he's always kind of got want, an unfair We shape. want Baker to work out, but. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's dominating most of the headlines that, that you find. Um, outside mm-hmm. of that, you're, find, you're seeing a ton of news about covering Tristan Wurst and the position switch from right tackle to left tackle. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, but again, this right. is just nothing. There's nothing rookie related. I'm finding no. so th- those are the two biggest headlines. Outside of that, you're hearing a lot of news about Mike Evans and potentially getting a new contract, and then mm-hmm. the absence of Devin White. Is he holding out for a contract? We mm-hmm. don't really know. So, I, I mean, th- those are the four biggest headlines for sure. I was sure. hoping so hard to hear some news about Yaya Diaby. <laughs> and even Kalaja Kansi, because you know I mm-hmm. like those guys a lot, and I definitely right, was right. a fan of Cody Mock. But unfortunately, man, right. I tried. I tried my best, and and I was almost wondering if I was going to hear some news about Jose Ramirez being a sneaky sure. late pick, but mm-hmm. not yet. Yeah, so maybe far, we'll get. So maybe we'll get some. In, in, you know, once we get to into July training camps and whatnot, then maybe right. we'll start hearing some buzz. But right now, it's mm-hmm. very, very lots of news, but all veteran driven. 
Sure. And again, that's the thing. Right now, Mock is penciled in as the starter on our lads. Yeah. Uh, that also means that uh, Luke Gadecki, Fire Up Chips, is going to be starting at yep. right tackle. He's right tackle. So, yeah. Could be getting now, a little If I had to pick a fifth thing, it's just uh, people talking about the absence of Tom Brady and how everything feels different, sure. which, duh. Right. <laughs> Low hanging fruit right there, guys. Good for right. you. Well, the low-hanging fruit for the New Orleans Saints is uh, is something I have a it's it's on my list of things. But the Taysom Hill watch that's just always a thing, right? But he's still splitting reps at quarterback and at tight end. He's still considered their backup quarterback, but he expects to have more role in the passing game this season. So, depending on how they have him classified, you might still want to pick him up in fantasy, right? But uh, so he's. He's just, he's being Taysom Hill. The other thing that I found interesting, though, too, from them is, you know, who wasn't practicing for a good chunk of the uh, the offseason is Kendra Miller. So maybe that injury that we still don't exactly know what it was in his knee or his leg or whatever is more of a thing than people say it is or whatever. It just seems like he's been slowly nursing that injury, if you will. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing. Still not sure what's going on there. Uh, apparently, you're not going to believe this, but Olave is good. That was one of the other big notes. Yeah, so again, we, we that's through the all the low-hanging fruit for New Orleans. But then uh, we, I didn't hear anything about A.T. Perry. I'm sorry, dude. We'll see what comes out of him uh, once they get into to training camp stuff. But, uh, well, that's going to take other some time. Notes, right, exactly. The other notes, uh, Brian Breezy's getting some first Like after reps. week one when Michael Thomas gets hurt again. Sorry. Fair. Or, or just decides Whoops. not to play again, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Brian Breezy's getting some first-team reps, which is nice to see for him. Um Another guy that we both thought would get drafted that didn't, but Anthony Ojiri, Origi, Origi, we're gonna go Origi, Origi, cool. That's what I so say. the Orgy. we're gonna call him the Orgy. The Orgy out there uh, is getting some reps out there and made a made a nice uh, you know pass breakup stuff like that. So he's showing that he's gonna have some versatility and some help for them. And then my ongoing saga on this team of Paulson Debo and whether or not he's gonna be any good. He's looking forward to a bounce back year, and that's that's scary stuff to see so that's that's question mark for them big time there's what he's gonna look like coming out there what else you got in the south i go to carolina panthers and uh you know it's kind of hilarious talking about the panthers yeah. like the breaking news coming from panther <laughs> panthers camp mm-hmm. bryce young gets first team reps again <gasps> duh what not only was he the number one overall pick but you traded up to get him right so who would have thunk that was going to happen? Well, so that'll tell that. you that'll tell you how much there is to write about. But long story short, mm-hmm. if it seems how we're focusing on rookies, though, I mean, outside of Jonathan Mingo and Chandler Zavala, like I mm-hmm. wasn't really expecting to hear anything about any of these rookies. Um, sure. But unfortunately, I didn't. I couldn't find anything on either one of those guys. But I really thought I would hear something about Zavala because I'm pretty sure they had some injuries on their own line. And I mm-hmm. really thought I'd hear something about Jonathan Mingo because, like, DJ Chark always is dinged up, and he's not going to get involved in OTAs. And Adam Thielen's, mm-hmm. like, 74. He's not getting involved <laughs> in OTAs. So yeah. I really thought you might hear a little bit about Mingo getting in there and playing. And I, 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 we both liked Mingo quite a bit. I still think he finds a way to get mm-hmm. a solid amount of playing time this year. But I look forward to having some better news and a better take about mm-hmm. them. The, the AFC was way easier to find some stuff on. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing for the... But the, everything uh, was just dominated by Bryce Young. I mean, yeah, but again, we're trying to keep it 
we're trying to keep it rookie oriented though. Like I hear it I as much as a ton we can. about Miles Sanders and stuff. Yeah, sure. But I interrupted you. Which, there. What were you saying? Yeah, he, he's the new player on a new team, so you can talk about Miles Sanders, and they're obviously optimistic about him. But uh, I will say that Austin Corbett is a guy you're talking about, the guard that uh, he tore his ACL at the end of last season. So the question is, is he going to be ready to go? So right. I would think Chandler Zavala has a path to uh, to being a starter right away, uh, depending on how thing, that thing works out. But the, my one note on the Panthers, even though you're a team was what I sent you on NBA draft night when Bryce Young is setting up from a 1 to a 1 oh, yeah. compliment <laughs> to Wemby, Victor Wembanyama and I I would love to see 5 foot question mark ish Bryce Young next to a 7 foot question mark cuz we still don't exactly know how tall this dude is. Oh my gosh, that's going to be a hilarious picture. Someone needs to make that happen in the world of sports for all of us, please. Is he taller then, than his uh, hip? I mean, it might maybe his, his shoulders probably at his hip. It's just it's bo- and again you think about it, oh it's like it's only like a foot and a half a foot and a half is a mind-boggling amount of space when you it's you're talking about two humans next to each other absolutely crazy all right wrapping up the south with the Atlanta Falcons and the Falcons are such a, a mess right now there's a lot of optimism and a lot of question marks which is exactly what you'd expect out of a team kind of in their position because again is Desmond Ritter the answer at quarterback. Well, they pretty much decided he is for this season because your other choice is Taylor Heineke, who's a fun, you know, uh, bench player, but not a guy who's going to consistently win for you in the NFL. So uh, he's getting the compliments, as you'd expect. So good for him, I suppose. Good for him getting started along those lines. Uh, but the interesting note, too, from the defensive side of the ball is that they're loving the new defensive coordinator. So uh, Ryan Nielsen's getting a lot of love for how he's been going about things with the teams, getting a lot of people complimenting him. One of the interesting notes, though, for the defense is what they're going to do uh, when you get to the the second safety role. Because right now, uh, it, Jesse Bates has got one of those uh, spots locked down. But that kind of nickel corner, extra safety, maybe it's the nickel that I'm talking about, but Mike Hughes is a possibility, but D. Alford is in there. Clark Phillips is in there. So it's wide open competition for that uh, starting spot right now. So it'll be interesting to see who's going to step up in that role. Uh, our boy Matthew Bergeron, one of your favorite tackles to come out this year, who's going to be a guard, uh, he is actually in a bit of a, a positional battle with uh, Matt Hennessy, the two of them going at that left guard spot. And then uh, last note that uh, that I've got there is what their running back room looks like. And it's kind of like they have this weird three-headed hydra right now between Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algeyer, and Bashan Robinson, all three of which can play running back and also catch the ball. So very curious to see how they do some of that stuff, especially when after Drake London, you're looking at Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller as your wide receivers. So I, I can like very Scottie. much see a world. I do like Scotty too, but I can see a world where it's Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and a couple running backs out there potentially. It's going to be interesting to see how they go about. They've got a lot of weird Something versatility tells in this me offense. They might- the, the surprise cuts from other teams might get picked up by the Falcons. There's a chance. There's a chance. It's going to be – it's a weird, weird offensive setup that they have right now where there's a lot of versatility and not a lot of standouts. So we'll see what happens for them. But, yeah, that's a little peek at the Falcons and their funkiness. Let's get into some funk with some beer. Let's do it. Who's leading off? You go ahead. You, you've got some beer that you need to talk about from what you've been up to lately. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a couple beers, but then I'm gonna go back to the same area of the state, and then I think I'm actually gonna make it a point to pop into this brewery while I'm okay. there and try several more. So what it is, 
It's a little bit of the dry. So I, when, I'm, when I'm going out of these woods, I'm up in the Manistee Forest on the mm-hmm. Manistee River and the Asable River in, in northern Michigan here. Um, mm-hmm. But there's Paddle Hard Brewing that's in Grayling, which isn't too far of a drive from where I'm at. Um, so when nice. I was up there this past week, I grabbed a couple of their beers. I grabbed their, I believe it was called this Mud Stout, and then okay. the Asable Red um, both of them were both 5% alcohol. I grabbed them both okay. because I'm going to be in the woods, nothing better to do. Yeah. We're going to drink several beers. Let's keep it light. <laughs> um, both very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. What I'll say is mm-hmm. that I definitely liked the Asabo Red more. I think that's mostly because I don't know that like a thin, light stout is my thing. I just feel like stouts have to be thick and pack a punch and this and that. And I don't know. It was interesting. But Mm -hmm. what I will say is if you're going to have a stout in the summertime, it better be thin and light. So not bad for a summertime stout, but I wouldn't, you know, it's definitely not one one I would seek out and regularly Mm -hmm. and be like, I got to have this thing. But I actually liked the Asable Red quite a bit as far as a red goes. I, I, I would recommend that. To people, it, and my take on it would be, and it's it's kind of a, a lame take, if you will, but mm-hmm. it's when if you think of the idea of what a red should taste like, just a, an American lager or anything like that, mm-hmm. it's kind of like textbook. You know, you didn't do anything crazy or do anything unique. You just made a textbook red, and you did very okay. very good on it. And I didn't mind sure. it at all. I mean. Put it this way, I found I bought a six pack of each, and my six pack of reds were gone, and I yep. only had two of the stouts gone. Well, there you go. Then that pretty much covers it for you, so. doesn't it? And that's the yeah, thing. But you, what, what, I, what I'm saying is, is, yeah. In a couple of weeks, just and on this, in a couple of weeks, I am going to go probably sit in that brewery and try to get a flight and try all their stuff. Ooh, so once yeah. I get back from this next trip in a couple of weeks, I'll, mm-hmm. uh, I'll I'll give you a better idea of sampling a ton of their beers. See nice. if they have to offer. But that's the thing, too. Like, when you look at some of these breweries that we, we go to, it's like, you always want to try the random stuff that they have at the brewery. You're not going to be able to find anywhere else, stuff like that. But it's also really good to see what these places do and do well. Like, if they can do their standard ones well, like a red ale is a relatively standard beer for a lot of places. Do they do a nice job on it? Well, game on, then. You know, that's the kind of the stuff you like to see. So, one of the breweries that I tend to frequent because we play trivia there, you know, at least once a month is uh, Broadleaf. And Broadleaf, uh, as it likes to refer to itself, instead of in being part of Kentwood, is Kent Weird. And they like to do some different things with their beers. They're not odd side level or shorts level of ridiculousness, but they do like to have some fun. And so, what they've recently had some fun with have you gotten into Nectaron hops? I may be, and not knowingly. Right. So, it's a answer? New Zealand hop. It's a hop from my second home in New Zealand. And so that obviously was the reason why I want to try it out. But so I had a smash by Nectarones. Uh, I'm, I'm saying Nectarone. It could be Nectarone, but it's only 1-0. So I'm guessing it's that. It's an American IPA that they had there. Uh, and it was. It was a nice IPA. It wasn't a hazy. It was an IPA that had a lot of that fruit characteristic to it as well. So it was definitely uh, in the pineapple, honeydew, melon kind of thing, like like they said it would be. And so that was fun because I like fruit. I like citrus. It's funny because I don't eat a ton of fruit just because I'm not trying to pack a ton of fruit sugar in my life. But I love fruit in a beer and in a beverage, especially citrusy type things. And so huge fan of that one uh, for what it was. It wasn't 
transcendent beer, but it was very solid, very, very pleasing. And then they also had another one that they did with uh, the Nectar on Hops, and that was the Haze Burst. That was their Hazy IPA. And that was, again, similar kind of thing, but it was definitely more orangey and more creamy, if you will, in that texture. So what we're saying is find yourself some Nectar on Hops if you haven't tried anything with that in there. If you see that you know label on there, give it a shot because it's a different kind of a hop. It's still very much in the right ballpark for an IPA, but it has... A little bit of a different characteristic to it. And I haven't quite put my finger on on what I can compare it to, but uh, but it's fun how it can stand on its own as a beer that just needs one type of hop. Because a lot of beers, you know, you're putting three, four hops in potentially, uh, but this one stands alone and uh, and has kind of a fun, uh, you know, multi toasty sort of vibe going to it. So definitely get yourself some nectar on. I, I, hey, I, I, you know me, I love the citrusy stuff too. So I, if, uh, <laughs> ask I, your I, paddle I, boys if they got that. I'm going to let you know once I get yeah, up there and smart. give it a go. All right, All right I'm we'll going to take, take her yeah, out. Sounds East, smart. Man. Sounds smart about some football teams. Well, I'll save that for when I get to your favorite team after this team. Stop. Woo. A little zinger in there for you. All right, so <laughs> go blue. Bad news. Dang it. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, second-round pick for the, the Cowboys here. That's the team mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting into. He's... Currently being seen in a walking boot. Whoops. Apparently, there's no worries. Um, so, <laughs> not, like I said, apparently there's no worries. We'll mm-hmm. we'll see though. But uh, he, I was looking forward to that because I feel like with the departure yeah. of Dalton Schultz, like there's an opportunity for him there. To yes, very much mm-hmm. so. And he he was. Let's be honest. I mean, outside of the other go blue guy, Mozzie Smith. What rookie on this team, like, so that's kind of foreshadowing. What rookie was going to make any type of moves? They're like waves yeah. in these OTAs. And mm-hmm. there's, I didn't hear anything about Mozzie. Okay. Right. But what I will say is just well, like, again, none of Mozzie's stuff is going to translate. Mm-hmm. No, he can't hit anybody or do anything. And then right. Spoon was the only one, and he's in a boot. So, mm-hmm. long story short, for the rookie focus of the purpose of this episode, there's not a lot there. But I, I do have one. And it is quite mm-hmm. funny because it came straight from the Cowboys website. Top 10 okay. storylines from OTAs, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. Number two storyline overall <laughs> on the Cowboys website Uh-oh. is about the kicker battle. Ooh, snap. So. Yeah. Are we serious? What is it, though? Who's battling? I don't even. You didn't, you didn't I can't. Did you? <laughs> I don't even. I don't even remember. <sighs> yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. But the thing is, this. That's that's what I had to work with, everybody. Straight from <laughs> the team's. Were... Straight from the team's website, <laughs> the biggest storyline is a kicker battle. If you were the head coach of a team in the NFL, would you be like that dude from the high school that tried to play a college coach? It's like I'm never punting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm on board with it as well. But, uh, yeah, it's but yeah, that. Dude, so, sorry, Cow. Yeah. I, like I said, there's plenty of things I could talk about here mm-hmm. from what I, I – I could say this. Deuce Vaughn, you know, you mm-hmm. and I were super high on him. He still looks like he's going to be the backup returner. He's definitely not going to be a, a starting running back. That's that's right. Tony Pollard. Really, he'll that, he'll yeah. be mixed in, but – um, it was pretty clear he's that, that he's guy. still going to be the he's still going to be the backup special teams guy sure. at least to start the year. But the, 
I wanted to keep this focused on rookies. There's not a lot of rookie news there, but just even if I wanted to attempt to talk about some veteran talk from the Cowboys OTAs, the Cowboys number two storylines at kicker battle. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I'm moving on to the Washington Commanders because we're really hoping when they sell the team that they'll change the name to something uh, a little bit better. We'll see what Anything. comes out of that, but right, just Anything. about. And so we'll see where that goes. But the Washington team, uh, didn't have a ton of rookie stuff to talk about either, so we're going to throw some other notes around at you from names that you might have thought were rookies or guys who are coming back in there. So Chase Young looks like he's back on track, uh, which is good for them. But, but uh, will he even be there? Yeah, well, he'll be there for this season. <laughs> he might not be there well, after They've already season, had potential trade conversations with him. Said yeah, he's on the block. And again, look, here's what it is. If, somebody has a, uh, if there's a team that has a top-flight edge go down, you might see that, but they're going to be wanting a lot for Chase Young, even though he's only on a one-year deal right now. So that's a weird situation for them to be in, certainly. Uh, then Logan Thomas is apparently this might be the year he puts it all together at tight end. That's the hope for them, right? Uh, and again, that's the thing. Like They've got a bunch of hypotheticals at tight end. They're all young guys. Like Logan Thomas is by far the elder statesman uh, at the uh, the tight end position. He's a 32-year-old man, so certainly not a rookie, but, man, just continuing to have uh, that talk about him because, you know, they're saying in Eric Bieniemy's offense, is he the next Travis Kelsey? I'm kidding. It's a bit strong, but you get my point. Like, that's what they're hoping uh, he can be is I almost fell out of my chair. I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair. But that leads me to the next point. <laughs> Apparently, oh, Eric Bieniemy might actually be a good coach. Okay. So everyone's talking about how he's in the shadow of uh, Andy Reid or whatever, but it seems like he's definitely I got players' is. attention. I think he's a great coach too. I'm looking forward to him proving himself uh, this year and then getting another, getting an actual head coaching shot in the next year or two. Because I really do think that he could do that. Even if he's me. not, he's totally deserved the chance to prove that he's not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I think and I think he will. I really do look forward to him, especially when you talk about this team with how few true weapons they have right now i mean because again brian robinson antonio gibson you're feeling good about your running backs wide receivers are eh, not bad uh but the question is sam howell and there's been a lot of talk about him being solid uh saying all the right things about him but apparently jacoby Brissett has picked up the offense pretty well too so they're in that situation of having two quarterbacks which means they have no quarterbacks so definitely going to be curious to see what happens there and that's a big part of is the enemy going to be able to show off in this offense when he's got a quarterback that isn't uh, you know, Pat Mahomes or even Alex Smith, technically. So definitely curious to see what comes out of all of that mess. And then last two notes, uh, one of them on the defensive side of the ball is uh, Kaliki Hudson. And Hudson's a guy that's kind of been bouncing around the back end. He's not, he's coming into his fourth season now, so he hasn't been getting a ton of love, but he's been getting some reps uh, up on the front line of the defense. And so I'd be curious to see if he gets a chance to prove himself coming into training camp. And last note, Emmanuel Forbes, a guy that uh, both of us should thought should not have gone. You're, in front of you're talking Gonzalez. about him. This isn't going to be good. No, no. Here's what it is. It actually is good. Apparently, he looks good. He's been getting around the ball. He's been making plays. How much courage? He does also, it take you to say that. Look, all I'm saying is I saw a picture of the dude. He still looks like an undersized point guard in the NBA. And so my concern is once they put pads on, he's just going to be getting knocked around. We'll see what happens. Uh, again, I am. I am willing to be wrong on Forbes being a great player. He might just be really good 
at finding ways to not get hit and not get pushed around and get his hands, get his you know long wingspan in there and and poke the ball out. So good for him so far. We'll see what happens there. Hey, I, I was never a supporter or a hater. I did say right. I wouldn't draft him, but I did often say at what point is the amount of turnovers right. he's created no longer a coincidence? No fair. I'll give you that. We'll see what happens. But I'll take it to your favorite squad, Dan. I know you're Stop eager to it. get here. I yeah, saw you I'm stretched to get, to get ready it. for this. You're you're sending me pictures of you know players. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna start it with, dude. Okay. Daniel Bellinger, my guy from last year. He's my guy, so I'm giving him the benefit uh-huh. of the doubt. But dude is yoked. I'm concerned actually about the level of yoking. Like it's an it, well, almost natural po- level of yoking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to imply I'm anything, kidding, but. but- Dude, Google looks a picture ripped. of it. It's My all muscle. Goodness, it is insane. So, had to, had to bring that up. But Deontay Banks, a guy we were both uh, high on, but not as high not as the rest in, of the world. Mm-hmm. So um, he seems to be figuring it out. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a, a you know he's got a turnover to him in OTAs. It took him until the sixth practice to get it. And figure it out, but it seems like things are starting to <laughs> sure. click for him as much as they can and non-contact stuff. I know we've said that mm-hmm. a bazillion times, but well, I think our big um, question with him was: was he more than just fast? And it seems like he is. Correct, and uh, you know they're going to need that that pick to to pay off. So mm-hmm. I mean, we thought they would go wide receiver for sure. They ended up going DB in the first round. So. Mm-hmm. Bit of a shocker there. They're definitely going to need to not miss on that, or they might, you know, they might get a little bit of scrutiny on that. But <laughs> the most encouraging thing that I would say is what's going on between Daniel Jones and Jalen Hyatt, man. Um, yeah, I can't can't say that I found anything about it like going extremely well or extremely bad or anything like that, <laughs> but. What I can say is that even after the practices are over, these two are hanging out um, on the field and working on their chemistry and running routes and communicating with each other. Um, mm-hmm. it, that's very good. That's I mean, Daniel Jones is a guy. It, it, is he overpaid? Yeah, probably. Would I be excited for him to be my quarterback? Probably not. But at the mm-hmm. same time, even I sit here and, like, how did you not pay him? What are your other options yeah. type thing? You know what I mean? Like Apparently Tyrod so, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, Again. he's going to need to put in all the extra effort that's possible and him mm-hmm. connecting with a young wide receiver like Hyatt. It just makes sense. It, it's encouraging. There's nothing, sure. nothing more than encouraging news there other than actual production that's taking place, but it, it's a positive mm-hmm. thing in my mind. I'd be excited if I were a Giants fan like you, Dan. Stop. Um, the one thing I will <laughs> say, though, is yeah. it's encouraging to see Jalen Hyatt run more than just a flyer out from the slot, too, Correct. I imagine. Yeah, that's what I dogged him for, too. Um, the last know, little right? bit of news I have here um, is that, because it seems pretty obvious, but it does appear that uh, John Michael Schmitz will be the starting center. That makes sense. That checks out. So. <laughs> so I don't have any notes on the Giants because I don't pay attention to them. Let's move on to the Eagles. Dan wrote my notes and gave them to me. I didn't know any of that. He sent me the picture. Uh, I really am annoyed that you lashed onto this. I'm going to have to start doing the same thing to you about the Bears or something. Everybody already knows. ship's come and gone. Everybody knows that's not happening. Uh, So everybody knows that about the Giants too now. Do they? Do they? (sighs) 
I will once again go back reiterate. and listen to last season's weekly regular season things, and Dan kept praising the Giants players and being sort of shocked about you how are much retconning the crap out of this. The Giants. Ooh. I was shocked about how they were winning games. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I can say, and I was not shocked in a positive way. Philadelphia Eagles actually did win games, though, and actually are a positive team. And the news out of training camp is that Jalen Hurts can still improve some. So not bad on the guy you just you know, spent a fortune on. Let's see what happens there. Uh, also, this is the, uh, you know, we talked about Logan Thomas a minute ago. Uh, this is apparently is the year for potential random weird breakouts. Because even though they do have Dallas and hurt there, just fine at tight end, there's word that Tyree Jackson, another converted quarterback to uh, tight end, this might be his year supposedly he's on his last season of his deal. And uh, this is a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy. So that's an interesting question. Uh, but when you look at the team, the rookies, the, the real uh, interesting thing is Jalen Carter, who we were obviously skeptical about because of all the offseason stuff and how he saw came the into talent, his pro just day. nervous. Right. Saw his pro day where he wasn't, he was out of condition and wasn't able to do stuff. Dude looks much trimmer and much more fluid in the workouts that he's had now. It's he almost like he decided. He drill now? Look, here's, you know, the more I'm trying to piece things together, it it could be. And again, I've never talked to to Mr. Carter. I have no clue. But but piecing things together from mine to things, my little armchair psychologist thing, it could have been the stress that was on him for... You know, the draft, but also for what happened with that, the racing where the, the two died in the car accident that maybe weighed on him and really threw him off everything. That's what they were uh, saying, so, and it makes sense. And it, it does make sense because anybody who's ever been through anything resembling that kind of trauma, I mean, it, it doesn't, you don't just like just say, clap your hands and say, all right, let's suck it up and move on. It, it's stuff that messes with your head. And so it could have been that, but it does seem like he's in better shape now. It seems like he's locked in uh, and also seems like he's going to be very much in the mix for the the defensive tackle spot. He might not be a starter, but he's going to be in a heavy rotation with you know with Jordan Davis, with Fletcher Cox, with all those guys as well. The uh, other question is what they're going to do at the linebacker spot because technically right now, I mean, N'Kobe Dean is the guy for them. The question is who else is going to be up there, but nice to see him in his second year. We both kind of expected him to, to step into a starting role at some point. Uh, just interested to see how quickly that's happening. I thought he would him. do it as a rookie. Right. And again, I mean, he had some some talented players in front of him, so it's understandable. But uh, he definitely has jumped up and jumped into that position. And then uh, the other things for me, uh, looking at a little competition between uh, Juergens and Steen for uh, the uh, right guard spot between the rookie and the second year guy. One of those two guys looks like they're slated for the right guard. So it should be a fun competition to see that in training camp. And the other spot that's up for grabs right now is uh, what they're doing in the secondary after you get past really Darius Slay and to an extent James Bradbury. But Keely Ringo is right there. Greedy Williams is right there. Uh, so it's going to be, and then Mikai Garner, who's an undrafted free agent. So there's three guys that are all, you know, relatively either new or uh, guys that have had untapped potential, if you will, going for that other corner spot and some, some of the depth there. So it's really good. You can tell when a team, and we've talked about, what, two starting spots and the rest of it's all depth stuff. It's because the Eagles are a good team. They're the odds-on favorite yes. to come out of the NFC again. So you know we'll see what happens for them there. But they're definitely uh, in good shape, and uh, they can do all the smiley, happy th- stuff as they go into the rest of their offseason. Eagles, Dolphins, Super Bowl. Eagles, Dolphins. Right. There you go. Uh-huh. I mean, that'd be a fun game. We can we can finally have. And then if they if it's Eagles, Dolphins though, Jim Carrey needs to be there as Ace Ventura. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. At any uh, rate, let's go happen. on. Uh, let's go out west, young man. Well, I 
you know, I got things to talk about here, but it's quite interesting. I mean, aside from Shanahan canceling the last week of OTAs, he wanted to make it the <laughs> mandatory camp just to mm-hmm. give the team a bit bigger of a break before July, a little more time off, which kind of makes sense considering the number of injuries sure. that San Francisco has. So I, I don't, <laughs> right. I don't hate it. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, Dan. Oh, for the second time in the NFC, mm-hmm. the biggest storyline or one of the biggest storylines is a kicker battle (laughs) hey look they paid for their kicker man they well yes they did and go blue but thankfully moody's winning this he's going four for four he's He's hitting everything he's got to they spent the third round pick on it but ironically like i feel like i vaguely remember them like all like trading a pick or seventh round pick or something to get the I forget who the other kicker is. Didn't matter. Gold mm-hmm. blue. Jake Moody's winning this thing. <laughs> He's crushing it. So at least I'm a little more excited to talk about this kicker battle. But between <laughs> literally the pre- most excited you've ever been about a kicker battle. No, except for well a battle, sure. I love Nate Freeze too, but right. I mean Quinn Nordine and the, the sleepover story. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, man, like I mean outside of canceling OTAs and the, the 49ers not having any early picks because the addition of Christian McCaffrey and whatnot. There's not a lot to right. talk about here, but I will say this. Um, a guy that they spent a second-round pick on last year, Drake uh, Jackson, mm-hmm. night and day difference from how this guy looked last year. Okay. Night and day. Like, he's a little squishy when he's coming out as a rookie, which is why he ended up being a – second round pick when you know his production could have maybe suggested he'd be a late first round pick mm-hmm. but just looked a little soft apparently he looks like he's like a five-year vet now and is just pretty mm-hmm. shredded and looking good i don't know if he's on the same diet as daniel bellinger <laughs> but he's been hanging out uh second year yeah so you you, you got some cancel <laughs> practices you got a kicker battle go blue winning and you got drake jackson in the course of one year turned into a five-year vet physically. So there you um, go. I look – they're actually talking about how good he looks and the departures with Charles Amenehu and whatnot on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's expected to start opposite Nick Bosa, yeah. so he's going to be his running mate now. So sure. um, he better look like a five-year vet for the sake of that defense. <laughs> but you know what's crazy, though, right. is this is like the best defense in the entire league. You can mm-hmm. make an argument. You could make an argument. I, obviously, nobody's going to agree with this, and it isn't facts. But you could make the argument – that they have the two best linebackers in the NFL. I mean, yeah, it's an argument. Fred Warner is in consideration for the best linebacker in the NFL. Sure. Dre, he like seriously, he even might right. be. But right. Dre Greenlaw is the one he's you could make solid. the argument that like, he's almost as good as Fred Warner. Like, and just when you're yeah. talking about having Armstead and Hargrave and Bosa mm-hmm. and Ufanga and get like you get it. Like I, this right. we're supposed to be focusing on rookies. Well, but. <laughs> but that's the thing though too. Like you talked about Vegas not having any news because there was no good news, so you don't have any news. Whereas San Francisco's like, we're we're good. They have any we're picks. just rolling yeah. in. We're just yeah. trying not to get hurt. <laughs> it's like everyone yeah, stay healthy. Stay in healthy go. here. <laughs> right. Well, Arizona has got a lot of news just because it's there's what it's a dumpster fire. I mean, that's kind of one of the one of the pieces of news from them. But there's uh, uh, we're gonna call it Big Gannon energy. A lot of people are, are pretty high on uh, on Jonathan Gannon, their new head coach, and the culture change that they've had. And you always talk about that when a new coach comes in. But apparently, it's a night and day difference from uh, Kingsbury. And I feel like that's because Kingsbury never really gave you that energy vibe 
He seems like he's more the cerebral sort of coach. Not like nerd, but just like a little more dude bro cerebral somehow. But Gannon apparently very energetic and uh, talking about rookies or young guys or whatever. Well, you know, there's a little bit of that, but there's also Colt McCoy being the starter on this offensive uh, quarterbacking situation while they wait for Kyler Murray to come back. But Clayton Toon could have a chance to uh, make some noise there as well. So there's always a chance of a rookie having a little bit of fun with them there. But uh, looking at the other parts of this team and what could be interesting, looks like Paris Johnson is going to be, he's being slotted right now on like uh, our lads as the starting guard, but there's a lot of talk about him being the tackle. So being being that starting right tackle this year and then kicking you know the other guy back into guard. And so definitely question mark about how they're going to go about that piece. Uh, and then Zayvon Collins, who's a guy that you liked coming out, and uh, I think we both did, so you probably more than me, but he was a middle linebacker for the last couple of years. Now they're shifting him to edge. So this is a, a younger guy still who's kind of going the oh, Michael Parsons it. route. No, he's definitely like a, you know, a tier below Parsons, obviously, if not a couple. But certainly right now, this team needs to do whatever they can, and their defensive line is not a strength. So doing something like that to help out uh, could definitely be profitable for Arizona. And the last couple notes in the defensive backfield, where Buda Baker at? He's definitely doing the holdout thing right now. And so big question mark for a guy that's uh, I'm not doing the holdout thing, sorry. Uh, next guy to come up for contract negotiations. So they need to take care of him because he is – kind of the heart and soul of that defense right now. And so question mark as to what they're going to do with him going forward. Because, uh, again, he's still in the midst of his prime at 27. You, you can't let him walk. you got to figure something out. I know other guys take off with contract negotiations, but I feel like he's a guy that you need to do something about. And then my last note, I can tell you this, Isaiah Simmons is a defensive back this year. Holy moly, he makes it into every episode. I had to. I had to, just for you. But again, this is a dude who's played in a couple different spots. They're, they're See, having him your stay. Isaiah Simmons in the is like my back. Giants take. It just happens. It, well, no, your Giants take happens because you want to mess with me. My Isaiah Simmons take happens because I actually like the dude. I just I don't do it to mess with you. I do it because I'm a big Isaiah Simmons fan. And you I will just be said you like to do it to mess with me. Now you say you don't. <laughs> no, it's not just to mess with you. Okay. I like him and messes with you. You don't like the Giants. No. All right. I do then. not. So yeah, you're just doing that to I mess can't. with me. I can't. I have to like the, the, I have the to dislike the like, teams that you like. The thing you like them stop. The thing you like the most about the Giants is messing with me about how much you try to say I like the Giants. Let's yeah, move well, off from the Giants. People make their okay? own. This is not a New York own decision. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've seen your decision. All right, decide to finish with your last team and then FC West, please. Hey, you know what's crazy is initially I was like, dude, I'm not going to find anything on the Rams because I can never find anything sure. on the Rams noteworthy to talk about or anything positive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I'm focusing on rookies. Last time I counted, they have 36 rookies on this roster. It's going to be jam packed. It's going to be jam packed. It's all so everything mm-hmm. that happened from OTAs is rookies. <laughs> so everything get into it. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I only have a few things to talk about. A couple players to talk about. I figured they're There'd probably only be a couple because, admittedly, a lot of the rookies are undrafted rookies, let's be honest. Right. But um, I will say this, though. Um, the biggest storyline by far is Puka Nakua. My boy. I was a fan Dude, of him. Aside from the fact that me, me too. Aside Puka, from the fact Puka. that he is just out there making plays and, like, has like this very professional veteran-like approach and just mm-hmm. no quit, no motor – Put it this way. They said Puka is playing with the first team, second team, and the third team. <laughs> I literally read that piece. Like 
he's just out. They can't get him off the field. He don't want to sure. do it. Like he's just mm-hmm. out there balling. But the crazy thing is, is when you listen to any of the press conferences and the reporters are asking about any questions about OTAs, this and that. Every mm-hmm. time they ask Stafford something, somehow he it brings up Puka. Every time nice. they talk about McVeigh, somehow he brings up Puka. There you go. Puka's gonna be a sleeper, man. Like he. Well, and- there's he's reps developing to get him chemistry. Team. If he's developing chemistry with Stafford, and mm-hmm. he's already a fan of McVeigh, McVeigh's a fan of him. I should say, right. fan favorite of McVeigh's. I should say, mm-hmm. uh, that's good news for Puka, and that's mm-hmm. great for a fifth round pick. Considering, sure. heck, that was you know, that's like a that's like a third round pick for them because they didn't have any other picks. <laughs> Wish I would have found well, something about Steve Avila, but or yeah. even By- Byron Young. But you say your mm-hmm. thing, and then I'll talk about one more player from them. Just saying for Puka, I mean, when you look at it, who else is really you know wowing you besides Cooper Cup at the wide receiver position right now? He could easily jump in and start. Well, I, I'm a decent fan of, of Van Jefferson. Um, yeah, who but, can't stay uh, healthy. Yeah, and then that Ben Skoronek, I don't know how to say his name. He can't stay healthy either, but um, right. he's flashed at times. But, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Um, Puka, Puka almost seems like a poor man's Cooper Cup. Okay. I'm down. Just that like a possession receiver. He's nowhere well, he's near athletic. No, yeah, the they're about the same. Too. But I just don't think he's right. athletic or has a good hands or understand the mm. game. But, like like I said, a poor man's Cooper Cup. Sure. Um, but that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, he could get in there and play, right. especially two of them side by side. Um, you like the gutsy guys. But the the other guy that I had to bring up, dude, talk about a my guy, a mm-hmm. my guy who just looks explosive, powerful. He's picking up plays, and I don't understand how this is even possible, Dan. This is OTAs. <laughs> uh huh. You can't do much. Mm-hmm. But how am I re? Like I'm not making this up. I found two different articles <laughs> with local beat writers talking about how explosive and powerful and knowledgeable Kobe Turner looks. Okay. Look, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just the sure. looks. Well, 100% the looks. He doesn't have pads. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Jacked. So, I, like, He's not he, Daniel he would, Bellinger jacked, but. Nope. Nobody is right now. Ah, as far okay. except for Miles Garrett. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't I don't know how to make sense of that one. But it came up a couple times, so I mm-hmm. had to mention it just be, well because it came up a couple times, and he, sure. he was one of my guys. But well, and I feel like Kobe Turner is a guy that again a lot of people were really high on at different points, and he was all across the board. But he's a dude who's gonna look good without pads. I'm quite curious to see what happens if he has the leverage and the ability to move he's things around beast. once they get in there. Yeah, so definitely definitely curious to see uh, if he's going to still have that level of effectiveness when they're actually doing proper practice and not just running around. Anything else? Or are you done with the Rams? I am done with the Rams. I'll just, you know, okay. when training camps roll around, I hope to talk about Quindell Johnson and Tra- Tra- Travis Hodges Tomlinson more, too. So Sure. Yeah, definitely a big fan of those guys as well, and hopefully they can stick on the team. But uh, we'll jump out to Seattle, and uh, here's the thing. Their first-round picks, apparently they're pretty decent. Ninja's going to ninja. Ninja out there embarrassing Spoon a little bit, too. Uh, and that's the question mark there for them. So, Jackson Smith and Jigba, solid, right in there, exactly what you'd expect. Great route runner, been doing a lot of slot work, so which is exactly where they need him to be. So definitely a, a plug-and-play fit for them on the offense and, and showing that in the workouts. But so they've been putting uh, Devin Witherspoon in the slot as the corner quite a bit, and so that's kind of a different role for him than he was used to in his time at Illinois. And being the non-contact-y type drills that they have there, he's probably not able to show off the part of his game that he wants to as much. So it was a little bit of a mixed bag for him. 
which is uh, part of the the intrigue there for Seattle. And then the other question for them right now too is what they're going to do for their their kind of safety situation that they have at the moment, which is basically Jamal Adams, but it's Quandre Diggs finally has a healthy off season. So are some of the other guys going to step in there? And, uh, and try to make things interesting because Julian Love's there, uh, Mo Osling is there. And so it's just a, it's a slightly unsettled defensive backfield for them, uh, but also something that has a lot of, of potential to be a strength for that team too. So it's definitely a bit of a funky situation there. Derek Hall, who we both liked coming out, uh, maybe a little higher than I thought he was going to go, but uh, he got something unprecedented for players when his contract came out, basically got all, uh, but like, like get 80% of his uh, signing money, like right away. Like I guess that's a little higher than usual. And he's got an extra hundred thousand dollar kicker in his fourth year of his deal, which so basically Seattle's putting their money where their mouth is with him. And they really think that he's someone worth contributing or worth uh, putting uh, extra, extra money into. And then the only other note I've got is not a rookie, but it's a, a retread, if you will, Bobby Wagner's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wags back there. And, and as old as he is, he's still balling, man. Some guys are just athletes. And Bobby Wagner is a smart athlete. So between him and Jordan Brooks and even Devin Bush to an extent, uh, the interior defense uh, is looking pretty solid through there. Although it is going to be interesting. Uh, last note, sorry, again, is because Brian Monet is still hurt at nose tackle. You've got Jonah Tavai, uh, Cameron Young, Mike Morris, all of these backup guys are getting a little more of a look than they probably normally would because they're trying to see what they're going to do at that spot as well. So, again, maybe there's some East Coast bias. I didn't have a ton of notes on Seattle uh, or Arizona out there, so I don't know. Maybe we're going to have to pay a little more attention out West, dude. We have to make a road trip or something. Yeah, not much is happening out West compared to the other divisions, man. Or at least nothing we're hearing about, right? So right. we'll see how that goes on. But that pretty much takes us to the NFC. Anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah, man, I do. I want to do a little quick take. I mean, this is a draft podcast, right? And due to my uh, Mm -hmm. wilderness adventures, uh, we were not quite able to get a ton in about the the NBA draft, but we all know. We got nothing in about the NBA draft outside of talking about Wimby. I I know. And how tall he is. uh, (laughs) You know, and everybody around me knows, that the guy I wanted the the, the Pistons to get was Sir Thompson, right? You were talking about him for months. Uh, dude, the day, the day of the lottery, I have text mm-hmm. messages to prove this. As soon as the Pistons <laughs> got hosed, and I don't want to call it mm-hmm. rigged because it seems very weird that Victor Wembanyama was wearing Spurs jerseys entire childhood in France, and Spurs have had a bunch of French players, but uh, mm-hmm. they win the lottery. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. Coincidence, right? Um, mm-hmm. The day of the lottery, as soon as we didn't get the number one pick, I sent out – well, it's before the draft even, I, or the lottery. Right. I said, if we don't get number one, I want number five because I want a sir. And if they pick mm-hmm. earlier, they won't take him. And that's why sure. I wanted because I still think he's the second best prospect in this class. I like him better than Scoot because I don't like Scoot's size. And okay. Brandon Miller looks like a super extremely safe player. A mm-hmm. sir is way more risky, but I think sure. he's got a higher ceiling. Than what he Brandon Miller shoot. could do, correct. If and he learns he, how to dude, shoot, dude, he went fifteen of thirty nine in the G League playoffs, and he's just been draining them in all these workouts. So mm-hmm. it's not a game; it's a workout. But I get it. But <laughs> here's right. what I want to say: it, I wanted the all I wanted to happen was the Pistons to get a serve, but I really wanted the Houston Rockets to get a man, the other Thompson twin. Mm-hmm. The reason being is this is just a fun 
rivalry for me now. Because, I mean, in a way, it kind of sort of... Detroit? Yeah, because in a way, mm-hmm. it kind of sort of came from when the Pistons had the number one pick and Jalen Green wanted to go there. And, you mm-hmm. know, he had this these ties to Detroit. And we take Kate Cunningham, the smart pick, and then Jalen Green right. turns around and says, oh, it's a trash city, never wanted to go there, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so that's kind of what started it. But mm-hmm. now you got the two Thompson twins, but there's also a little bit, if you want to stretch it a little more, in the same draft, like you very much in the state of Michigan, like there are a lot of people like Jabari Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked him a lot too. I also like Jaden Ivy, but Ivy's fa- whole entire family ties to Detroit. We ended up right. getting Ivy, but go figure. Smith goes to Houston. And then if you really <laughs> want to stretch it, if you want to just sure. talk about how many picks these two teams have had early, early in the draft over the past few right. years, you could go the the Duran and the the Sengen, uh debate mm-hmm. as the centers. I mean, I don't know. These teams are getting very young players all at the same spots, and I don't know. There's a lot of controversy. It's just a natural rivalry that's building, and I, I kind of like it's fun. A very unnatural natural rivalry. And most and, people are not going to throw down between Detroit and Houston on anything. No, but I think they even play each other in the little, what do they call it, the spring leagues? The and summer, league? Maybe? summer league? Yeah, summer yeah. league action. Houston, Houston sure. Detroit play. That'll be your so. that'll be your undercurrent of the summer league because everyone's talking about uh, Wemby playing the top two guys and all those uh, all the top three player playing against each other, et cetera. But yeah, the slow undercurrent is what's going to happen. Is Houston, are Houston and Detroit going to throw down? Yes, spaceship versus cars. See what happens. I don't know. So yeah, we, we again we don't we don't do nearly as much talk about other drafts uh, as we could at least not at this point in our lives. I feel like, dude, when we get to the point that this is you know a little more of the focus of our lives, aka when people start paying us more money to do this kind of stuff, uh, I could see us doing a lot more on other drafts as well. But right now, that's what we're going to stick to. We're going to stick to. A little bit of a hit on the NBA draft. Congrats to the Spurs for your championships that are to come, uh, you jerks. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, anything else football-related you want to wrap up with? I th- I'm good. I think I got it all out today, Dan. All right. Well, hey, this is where it gets fun for us because now we've got you know, a good month until the NFL starts up with uh, all of their actual the fun topics come stuff. in. This is where the fun topics come in. We're going to be talking about jerseys and logos and histories and who knows, because between you and some of your uh, activities that result in great ideas and me just trying to pull back through the archives, we're going to have some fun episodes coming up. So keep listening for some of the stuff that's football related, but not quite with Draft Graphics.